Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to the Bleacher Connection with your host, Ken and Trevor. As always, you can find us on social media. Trevor's at the BleacherCon1. I'm at the BleacherCon2. You can find us on our Facebook page, the Bleacher Connection Podcast, and our website, thebleacherconnection.podbean.com, where you can find all of our episodes in one handy spot. Trevor, how's it going today? I'm not too bad, Ken. How are you doing? Well, now that it's not 10,000 degrees out anymore, I'm doing a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, nice to have that heat wave over with. Uh, unfortunately, I was back to work today. I was off on holidays last week. Uh, managed to get out camping in the uh, scorching, scorching sun uh, about an hour away from home. And I uh, had to do a quick teardown one night. The wind came just howling and our tents were pretty much ready to fly across uh, Alberta. So we decided, uh, let's get the hell out of Dodge for the night. And only about 45 minutes away. So we were back the next day and you know, it, was, it was a good, good hot weekend. I got to take my kids to the Terrell Museum on last Friday. They absolutely love that. And, but unfortunately I'm a little dog tired today because it's that first day back after holidays. It's always a bit of a gong show. So, you know, a little, little drowsy and, you know, disappointed to have to go back to work, but hey, a couple more weeks and I'm off for a couple more days to go camping. So yeah, you almost need that vacation after the vacation uh, almost every single time. You're more tired when you come back from doing nothing than you are when you're, you know, going through the grind of a work week. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're out of the you're out of the routine and you just kind of throw this huge monkey wrench into it. You, know, you get used to sleeping in, staying up a bit later. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit, back to work. Oh, I can't <laughs> go to sleep. So, yeah. Yeah, that's all about uh, adulting that really kind of uh, sucks. Uh, yes, adulting does suck. Responsibilities. Yeah, uh, responsibilities. Bills. You know, your your appliances break down, your breakers get you know, go off, you try to fix a ceiling fan, you end up with no electricity in your house, apparently. Like, hey, hey, it was only the lights, fans, and hallway had no power. <laughs> Still so a sore mental point. Note. The Bleacher Connection, we're not good handymen, so don't hire us. <laughs> I, I, I can do okay, but I, if, if it's anything more than a, a real simple, easy fix, it ain't happening. So Yeah, me yeah. neither. There, there won't be the, a side project. I know the difference between a Robertson and a Phillips screwdriver, and that's about the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was some fun this weekend with that. Not going to sugarcoat it. I did manage to get the squeaking stock, though, so that's a plus. I figured that's a win. 
and that was on me, even though I did somehow short out everything else. So oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> I get, all you had to do was to press the button off and then all of a sudden the squeaking stops. You did know that, right? Again, heat wave and a fan off does not compute, <laughs> especially when it's in the room I record in and is already can be hot. So yeah, no, exactly. exactly. Well, good. I'm glad we had a, a good week and the you old know, things are kind of settling back into normal. Ken, what do we got going on this week's episode? All right. Well, this week we're going to talk a little bit of Blue Jays. There we had it's quite the week for the Blue Jays going into the all-star festivities. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then what we're really going to dive into is the city of Las Vegas. Has Las Vegas become the sports city in North America? We're going to talk about what we think of what they've already got, what they possibly could get and what it may look like. We're going to throw some ideas around and just kind of see what we come up with and we may make note of it and see if it actually comes right. So, it's all about the city that never sleeps. Well, judging by our UFA predictions for the NHL offseason last year, everything we predict happens comes true. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and our Canadian standings. division, yeah, our Canadian division predictions and, and everything we say is fact. So if anybody out there is listening, you can guarantee and take it to the bank that whatever we say is going to happen. Uh, Trevor personally takes care of the guarantees. So if you have <laughs> issue with it, at the BleacherCon 1. <laughs> okay well let's get started with the first topic here that's the toronto blue jays they had four players named to the all-star team three starters first time the blue jays have had uh more than one player start the all-star game since 1993 joe carter roberto alomar who were the blue jays starters well to no one's surprise vlad girl jr shoeing the guy is According to my son, the best player in baseball in the world right now. And I, I don't think he's that far off. Bit of a shocker. We got Marcus Semien at second base voted as the starter. He was, I believe, third in voting after the first uh, numbers were released. Good on Blue Jays fans. And I know there was a little bit of teaming up there with the Padres. So I think that uh, might have helped get uh, Marcus over the, the hump. And a player I know got help from the Padres fan base, Tosca Hernandez, starting in left field, right field, not sure, outfield, let's say. I'm not overly convinced the guy should be a, an MLB uh, all-star starter for the American League. He's got good numbers, but I, I think there may have been some better candidates. And the fourth Blue Jay to be on uh, the all-star team uh, voted on by the players is Bo Bichette at shortstop. Uh, obviously not for his defensive capabilities. I think they only looked at his offensive capabilities. But again, nice to see the Blue Jays represented with four players at this year's All-Star Game. It's been a long time as a Blue Jays fan since we can say we've got that many good players on our team. We do. Unfortunately, they are uh, none of them are in the bullpen. Yeah, no, no. No pitchers made the uh the all-star team from the blue jays and well from the bullpen that's not surprising uh i, I gotta say vladdy guerrero has completely surprised me with how he is doing at first base this year the batting not so much knew that would come around but the the defense and what he has done at first base very surprising uh he's actually saved bichette and biggio and some of the other guys who can't throw from the left side to the right uh several times with his play 
So I think that's great. I think because uh, I know he wanted to be at third and they said they were going to put him at third and then they went into camp and they made him a first baseman. Par for the course with the Blue Jays for what they do. It's always a question sometimes. Uh, Marcus Simeon, that's great. One-year deal. I think Does this open up contract talks for a longer deal? Uh, I'm pretty sure this will be his last year in Toronto. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. I mean, it seems to be doing the right side. If those two seem to be doing fairly well, uh, Teoscar could be, you know, like you say, he's maybe not this year, but it could have been for what he's done in the past as well. He maybe got some votes, but I think it's great that the Jays are this represented at the game. Uh, I know they're actually going to go with all-star uniforms this year. And it could be an, are you kidding me? Cause they are not good. They are pretty really almost look like pajamas, you know, like you would just pick up at, at a, you know, big box store kind of thing. Uh, I know they had to move it from Atlanta or they chose to move it from Atlanta to Colorado. So there may have been some timing of what they had to do for design, but that could have come a little bit better with that. We'll see how it looks on the field, but I think it's great. They got four players at the game. It, it, it really is exciting. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, the guy's a 300 hitter. He's, you know, almost 50 RBIs. Like that, those are good production numbers. The home run totals are a little bit low. He's only got 11 this year. Like he, last year he was on pace for roughly 40 home runs, kind of prorated. So his numbers are definitely down. He, he's probably going to hit less than 30 this year, which to me, those aren't all-star numbers. But I think there's a little bit of the past kind of he has had some monster seasons go kind of unnoticed so I'll give a bit of credit there where it's due it's the the Blue Jays and Padres fans that got him there but the guy is a solid run producer so when you see his 47 RBIs you can't really say he's not a good player uh the the Marcus Simeon is absolutely shocking me to be brutally honest I did not see him having you know, 20 home runs, 50 RBIs at the all-star break. I did not see him hitting 290. This is a revelation to me. Like this isn't the guy, what did he hit roughly 220 last year? And both you and I were like, oh, here we go again. Another of uh, the Blue Jays famous buy low, get low results candidates. And he has absolutely surprised me. And he won the voting quite handily in the end. So that, that's awesome. Vlad, who needs to say more? You know, the, the guy's an absolute stud. He is worth the price of admission every ball game. I think maybe the only guy more exciting than him right now might be Shohai Otani. Maybe. Tatis Jr.? Yeah, Tatis Jr. Like, I guess the showmanship with Tatis Jr. I actually don't know that he's as good of a hitter as, as Vlad is. Um, Bo Bichette. His, his offensive numbers are there. He's top three in baseball, probably for shortstops offensively. So don't, have, I was glad to see Bichette make it. Um, the guy needs to correct his defense. We saw it in the game last night against the Tampa Bay Rays where our two all-stars, Oscar Hernandez and Bo Bichette essentially cost us a game with their defense. So I would love to see them clean that up kind of as the career moves on, but it, it's exciting that my team is getting recognition all across the league. It, it's exciting. Yeah. And, and 
Oh, say so you know, our team. <laughs> we our, our, team. Our, our one team that we can actually say our team because we don't we don't agree on our teams otherwise. So, uh, the one thing I do, and it's not a four man. Four guys don't make up a team. They don't can't do everything to win a game. When you got four all stars, three of them starters, I I kind of do expect the team to be more than four games over five hundred though, and eight and a half games back from Boston at this point in time. Uh, they they made ground on Tampa by taking what was it two of the three in that series. Um, I will say the best thing to come out of that first game where the Jays blew him out was Brett Phillips pitching. That <laughs> that was a thing of beauty, and I just I love how he came out. He came out like he was the ultimate warrior uh, at WrestleMania. He came sprinting from the bull or for, down in the bullpen and. It was just great. And the interviews afterwards, the, what he oh, was that getting, two that two minute oh, interview is gold. The Mary Mariano Rivera cutter. Uh what who else was there? The Randy Johnson heater velocity. Yeah, yeah. And then comparing him to Shohai Otani. It's just I thought that was just gold. And it was just just amazing. So uh yeah, I, I just think there's a lot the team still needs to do to fix to get to be that level where when you got four guys going to the all-star game, you're sitting right on the cusp of leading the division or at the top. So hopefully we can get there. They're six and four over the last 10. We'll see. Is there any snubs from the blue Jays that maybe should be there that aren't? Oh, Kevin Biggio one. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I I was waiting to get that in there just to get your reaction on that. Wow. No, uh, yeah, shots fired early. Um, I don't think so. I think Robbie Ray, Stephen Matz, maybe. Nah, Matz has Matz has tailed off. I think in the last little bit, yeah. Yeah, and he's got some of the injury issues. Yeah, I I don't know. I think overall, honestly, it's tough to really say that anyone got snubbed outside of who went. I mean, other than that. Who you you taking Bichette out? Who you gonna send? It's no one from behind the plate. Yeah, hey. no, no. Yeah, Springer for his ten games played. I don't know uh, if you prorate <laughs> that over the uh, the number they've played. Possibly. No, I think they got it right. Gritchick. I mean, he's been a surprise. If we want to talk about surprises with the team right now, uh, he kind of took that role and of I got to fill in for Springer, knowing when Springer comes back, it could be me on the bench, and he's made it very difficult for them. I think now that he's there to Oscar's there, Guriel's there, you got four outfielders and only three positions. What do you do? I think that is going to become a, a hot button topic for the blue Jays, either in the second half or, or into the off season, because right now it really looks like Guriel jr. Is the odd man out and, I would have ranked him at number two of those four heading into the season. I thought the guy was due for a a major breakout this season. He's actually kind of regressed. Like he's batting about 240, his power's down, his production's down. I'm quite surprised and not in a good way on Guriel Jr. Do I still think he can go on an absolute tear in the second half? I do, but I don't know that he's going to get the playing time because Gritchick, as you just mentioned, has kind of earned being in the lineup every day. I have to give the guy credit. And I can't believe I'm saying there's four Blue Jays in the All-Star game and George Springer's name isn't one of them. Had you told me that 
going into this season, I would have laughed at you. I would have said, there's no way. So let me throw this at you just because the Jays have an, a, an area that needs to be addressed. And we have four outfielders. Guriel's no. numbers right now aren't going to get you any kind of return. Plus, I think they could. Oh, he's young. He's, he's younger than Gritchick. He has, a, a, I think, a bigger upswing and potential that, than Gritchick. But Gritchick's hot right now. So do you take Gritchick on a high and get yourself some bullpen pieces? No, because you're one George Springer injury, one to Oscar Hernandez injury away from having not a lot outfield depth, but I know they went and got Dickerson. But I was just going to say, the is he actually going to play? I don't know. that We don't know how long that injury is going to be. If Dickerson is healthy, then maybe, maybe you can look at moving Guriel or Gritchick for bullpen help, but it, it can't be short-term bullpen help. It no. has to be long-term controllable bull, uh, bullpen help. Like Simber. He's on a, he signed yeah. for four or five more years. So it has to be something like that. But I think you got to try and sell high on one of these guys while they're, the price tag is still high and you're not having to do a sale clearance on them come two years down the road. Yeah, no, I, that's actually a really good point. Cause especially if Dickerson does get back, there's then a real log jam. And I know people had originally discussed while Dickerson bringing on his contract was the cost of getting Simber, maybe there was a little bit of a long-term play kind of in mind here where it was, well, maybe we can move Gritchick or Guriel for long-term bullpen help. So maybe time will tell on that one. And I'm interested to see if Dick, if Dickerson does get in the lineup this year and if he does get healthy, what that then does represent. Yeah, it would have to be before the trade deadline. So we're, we're not uh, overly too far away from that right now. Yeah, a couple of weeks, give or take. Yeah. So who knows? We'll, we'll see. Um, it's interesting, though. It's nice to see the Jays getting recognized on the, on the big stage. I heard an interesting stat today. It, it kind of it, it, it baffles me to scratch my head at the fact that the Jays are sitting third place in the AL East, roughly five games out of a playoff position their run differential is like plus 79 or something like that. 73. 73. They are the only team with a positive run differential that currently doesn't hold down a playoff spot. And their run differential is significantly higher than some of the other teams that are in playoff spots. And it's, I guess I want to throw this out to you, Ken, and we didn't even talk about this before, but I think we just like discussing this. I think the it's gone there. Why? Why are the Blue Jays not in a playoff position right now? Their starting pitching has been lights out for most of the season. Their offense technically is one of the best in the league, yet there's five games out of a playoff spot. Why? And, and I don't want to just say the bullpen. Is not- it? They've cost them. The bullpen has cost them enough games directly, but it was six, six games. Last time we talked about this, that they'd cost them. They'd be, they'd be in right now. I think they're out because Boston is just they're Boston's 53 and 32. Yeah. Houston's 52, 33, Chicago's 49, 34, Tampa Bay's 48, 36. 
So that's two teams in your own division that you need to take care of that have been winning for the majority of the season have been steady. Oakland is 49 and 37 and Seattle who has a negative 42 run differential. That's gross. Is a half game ahead of them. And the Jays didn't get those wins against them when they just played them. The Jays could be right there with Seattle if they took that series, but they didn't. I think what it comes down to is I, I don't want, it's not just the bullpen, but it is the bullpen. That is the big piece of the pie as to why they're sitting on the outside looking in. They don't hold leads. They, they put close games out of reach in the wrong way. And again, sometimes it comes down to the to blue Jays defense. The game last night they lost was because of mistakes that were made running into a triple play against the Yankees. Like, they do it to themselves. It's not because they're being outplayed. The Blue Jays are their own worst enemy in a lot of cases. I have to agree with that statement. I think the, the defense is culprit number one for me. How many extra outs do they give? How many times? And it, there's a difference between giving up an error when there's two outs, nobody on. Oh, the next guy flies out. Or an error on a grounder to short the first batter of an inning. I just think the Jays are the kings of inopportune, unfortunate circumstances at the wrong time. They just shoot themselves in the foot at the wrong time over and over. And then you bring in a bullpen that has maybe one reliable arm in it. I hope Simber means two. I just think that that combination of defense letting you down at very inopportune times and, and a very porous bullpen is got them where they are. When you look at the numbers straight up, this is a first place ball club. They have top end starting pitching, top end offense. But when you really dive down, it's managing maybe is is Montoyo the, the easy choice here? I know we've we've railed on him a lot before, but is managing another reason? Maybe. I don't know. I think it has a, a part to play in it for sure. I just tried to do a quick look at how many errors the team has on the season. Uh, I would, not going to do the math on it myself and try, try and figure it out, but I would be very, very interested in seeing how many errors have come when the bullpen is in? Are the guys playing too stiff too? Oh my God, we can't make a mistake. So we make yeah. a mistake because they can't rely on the bullpen. What's I the actually, correlation between errors and the, and the bullpen? You know what? I said it a few weeks ago on the show where to me, this is a world series contending team in innings one through six and in innings seven through nine, they're a bottom feeder. You know what? I think you actually made just made a really good point. Inning seven through nine is when your bullpen is in there. Are the guys playing tighter in the field at the plate, knowing there's this added pressure late in the ball games to not give up runs and to this added pressure to have to score more runs. Is the team trying to do more in the later innings to try to cover up this, glaring weakness of an of a bullpen with a collective era over five 
I think that's a very, very solid point, Ken, that I think they, the pressure mounts the minute that starting pitcher is out of the game and very much a snowball effect of here we go again. Yeah. I, I think it has a huge effect on them knowing it's like when you watch, you know, talk about hockey for a quick second here, when you have a goalie and you can't trust what happens, they help, they grip the sticks a little tighter, more mistakes are made. There's more, you know, up the middle passes that result in a goal because they don't trust the guy to make the stop. It's no different. Yeah. It's no different. Yeah. That's, that's very true. I have to agree with that. I need a well, bell that's... for every single time you say I'm right and agree. Well, you wouldn't have to replace it very often. <laughs> well, Blue Jays nation, let us know what you think. Were the all-stars, were they warranted? Was there any Blue Jays snubs? How do you feel about how the season's gone so far? What's what's holding us back? We'd love to hear from you guys on Twitter. I'm at the BleacherCon1 and Ken is at the BleacherCon2. So moving on to our second topic of the day, and that is Las Vegas, baby. <laughs> this place appears to be out of nowhere and to a lot of naysayers, a sports hotbed. Ken. Did you ever see this coming? No, no, not at all. I mean, like the first pro franchise they had was the Golden Knights. And the biggest concern that I had, and I think a lot of people had, and the NHL included, was because they wanted to make sure they had local support. They didn't want to have, when they did the season ticket drive to see what kind of interest was there, they didn't want the Bellagio or Caesars or planet Hollywood or name any other casino buying up thousands of tickets to give away. And then the stadium ends up empty because, Hey, it's Vegas. We're not there to go to a hockey game. Well, the locals turned out in droves and that place is rocking every night. I can 100% say I did not see it being like this for the NHL for Vegas pro sports. I'm not going to lie. I didn't either. I was very, 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 very skeptical of the NHL in particular going to Las Vegas. Had you told me the NFL was going to be the first venture into Las Vegas, I might have given it a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt because the NFL is just, it, well, it's king shit. It really is in the United States. So had it been the NFL there first, I, I probably would have given it more of a chance of working. The NHL insisted on being the first ones there. And to their credit, and we don't say this very often, the NHL was right. <laughs> they were right. Well, we all seen a little score clock for us saying that the yeah. league was right. I think it's one to about 100 right now. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say a phrase that has not been uttered in 30 years. Gary Bettman got an expansion city correct. <laughs> I, I guess Winnipeg wasn't an expansion. That was relocation. So. That was relocation. It took almost every other team that he's brought into the league through an expansion a hell of a lot longer than this to have a dedicated following like they do. Now, Golden Knights also have the advantage of being a very good team, which the NHL kind of made sure that they were, which is fine. I don't, I don't hate it exactly because what's – 
worse? The NHL making sure they have a good product in a new place or the NHL having a shit product for one and a half to two decades outside of Edmonton that doesn't get support and is on, you know, life support the entire time looking at you, Arizona, right? Like how long did the league own the coyotes after they moved from Winnipeg way too long relocation, not expansion, but they went to a place that didn't care about hockey. And I think that if you want to draw a correlation between Vegas and Arizona, they're the same in Arizona. You have the, the snowbirds and all the random people from random places go there for the winter. And, and it shows when you can go to a game for 20 bucks and you're sitting in the lower bowl. So I think they did it quite well with Vegas and the support that they have. Like you look at that. We talked, we did an entire sports vacation episode. Where would we go? And we didn't pick any single hockey places. Cause there's no, there's no iconic barns left. There's no nothing, but for an experience, if I'm in Vegas and there's a hockey game, Maybe difficult to go, but I'd go just for that whole experience of that game because that place is rocking from the puck drop to the final whistle. I, I said it right off the start. The NHL shockingly got this right, and they hit an. They didn't just hit a home run; they hit a walk off grand slam in the bottom of the ninth inning, trailing by three to win the World Series. Everybody was so skeptical on them in doing this in the first place, and they won. They won the World Series by getting into Las Vegas. They have a ravenous fan base down there. Merchandise galore. Doesn't hurt that the, this fabulous arena is just off the strip. That is the absolute ideal location for it. It is a sports hotbed. And the Vegas Golden Knights, to all their credit, have been – the best team in the Pacific division since coming into the league. And that's probably not going to change anytime soon. So sorry, Oilers nation, but Vegas is still clearly the, the best team in our division and they will be there again next year. And they'll probably be there again the year after. But you kind of brought up a point that I think needs more attention. The experience you said it, that building is rocking in intermissions that building is rocking. There's rock concerts, there's light shows, there's like fireworks, there's everything. That building is rocking. You're not just sitting there on your twiddling your thumbs watching the Zamboni go around the ice. It is an absolute experience. The pregame of what they do on the ice, it's like a they tell a story before every game. They just do it right. They hired the the, the showmans of Las Vegas to run it and they hundred percent hit the nail on the head. Their social media is very active. It's, it's uh, not as good of a follow as it was, but that team just did it the right way from the start and full credit to the, uh, the NHL on getting there first and insisting on being there first, because unfortunately for them, they've now unlocked a sports hotbed and could this actually have a negative impact in the long term? God only knows there's going to be an NBA team in Las Vegas in the next decade. And God only knows there will most likely be a Major League Baseball team in Vegas in the next two years, sorry, Oakland, uh, the next decade. There's an NFL team. Sure, there was one last year, but 
there's an NFL team now in Vegas. Thank God the seasons, they only play once a week. And like the NFL and NHL seasons don't overlap a ton, but that NFL experience is going to be incredible. I think it could be the most successful, sorry, Dallas Cowboys. 20 years from now, I bet that Las Vegas franchise is the most successful franchise in the NFL. Well, we talk about experiences. That is a brand new, barely touched stadium that the Las Vegas Raiders play out of because their first year there was during the pandemic. So they didn't really have anybody in that stadium. So people are going to be just chomping at the bit to get in there because they haven't had a chance yet. 65,000 people in that stadium. And the one thing that they do as well, there's a nightclub in one of the ends, like one of the end zones or whatever, when there's not games there, they open it up as a nightclub. So again, you're experiencing the Vegas nightlife in a sporting arena, stadium, whatever you want to call it. You were at a sporting venue and you're partying. Like, here's the other thing. And I want to get to the, you brought up the NBA and, the, and Major League Baseball, but that, that's the next part of what we really want to talk about is Vegas teams will always have good players that want to play there. Yes. It's not about the quality of the team. It's not about the weather they get to live in. It 100% has to do with the tax bracket. That too. But good players <laughs> will get paid more money to play in Vegas because of the taxes there. They're going to make more money. So do you want to sign a $50 million deal in insert sports league here in Oklahoma, Carolina, Utah, Florida, Utah. Well, Florida's got uh, uh, nice tax laws too. Okay, we'll throw Florida out then. But take one of those other places or Winnipeg or Edmonton or Vancouver, or Calgary, wherever, where you're going to make less money than if you sign that $45 million contract in Las Vegas. Well, and another, another thing to think about on that is it being a, a, a destination. You're a 21-year-old kid and you get a chance to play in Las Vegas. You're a single guy and not during the season. I know there's restrictions on this. That's a pretty desirable place to live in the off season. If you ask me, especially if you're a younger single athlete with lots of money, I'd have to believe there is a major draw for those guys to play there too. I don't suggest Evander Kane that goes there. It's probably not a good idea for Evander Kane to sign there. Yeah. yeah, I think it absolutely is a draw. And I think the fact that they've got two of the big four right now. Here's the other thing. They just got themselves a NLL team, so the National Lacrosse League, with owners that include Steve Nash, Wayne Gretzky, his son-in-law, Dustin Johnson, and Joseph No names is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. No no one big, you know. These are some big-time names in the golf world. Two-time NBA champion, currently uh, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. What 
one of the greatest hockey players of all time. And Joseph size got a lot of money too. I don't actually know who he is, but that's another league that's going to get in there. And that, that team, I'm not a big Saskatchewan sports fan, but when the Edmonton rush of the NLL left Edmonton and went to Saskatchewan, that team essentially had a license to print money. And now they have a cousin that can do the same thing. If the, if the ownership and Vegas puts the amount of time and money and support into that NLL franchise, golden, that team will be gold. And I'm really interested to see it. I've been to a bunch of NLL games. They're great. You need to get out to them because I think you'd have a great time. You take your kids. It's they'd enjoy it. It's fast paced. It's a lot of fun. And I mean, they're going to play out of the Mandalay Bay, Mandalay Bay event center. So not the T-Mobile, but I bet they do play out of T-Mobile eventually in the very near future. If they can fill that Mandalay Bay event center, because that's where all the big boxing stuff goes on yeah. and UFC well, before T-Mobile, it, it can handle it, but you want the big leagues. And if you can show you can support it, they'll be there right now. They have a, a USL soccer team, league team that was only formed three years ago. Now, that is the starting blocks to become potentially an MLS team. If the MLS looks at what the NHL has done there, what the NFL is going to do there, they're going to want a piece of that pie. And they 100%. expand, they expand like it's nothing. The MLS, it'll be an 80 lead team before we, you know, know it <laughs> joking, but aside, they expand yearly, which is good for the sport but you got to go to the right places. And I could see the Las Vegas team there moving up to the MLS very shortly because everybody's going to want to own a pro top tier sports team in that city. So that leads to the next part, major league baseball. Las Vegas has options if they want to get there, but their problem right now is they don't have the facilities. And I don't know that Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play can be retrofitted for a baseball team. It was I don't think you for, want it to be. No. I, I, don't, I was just going to go there too because it was built for football. And football. And MLS. And potentially MLS. But the thing is, they have a AAA team that plays out of Las Vegas called the Aviators. But the stadium only holds 10,000 people. Now, in a pinch, if you were to, say, grab the Oakland A's who are looking for a new home because the city of Oakland won't pony up the money to help build them a badly needed new stadium, which is how they got the Oakland Raiders was by publicly funding the arena or stadium, sorry. Didn't cut, you know, it wasn't tax money. It was the, well, it was the public owners didn't have to pay for it. Taxpayers did which they seemed okay with. So if they're able to do that, you could for a couple of years, put in some temporary seating at this ballpark, make it 15 to 20,000. You're going to fill it. You're going to take a hit. You'd have to be 25 at least if they, if they could make it 25, I think it's viable. Depends on the configuration of how it is. Cause you might have be limited to how and where you can put this temporary seating. Yeah. So just 
for numbers 15 to 20, you make it work for a couple of years. I, I read one article where they already had a, a, a location on the strip where one of the ca- like city councilors had said, hey, a baseball stadium, but could go right there. They're already thinking about it. Could you? Oh, hey. So you want to talk about a license next. to print money, having a baseball stadium, having a 60,000 seat baseball stadium just off the strip where you get 81 summer home dates a game or home, home games per season. It would have to be indoors, air conditioned. Yeah. If you're just off the strip and you're a tourist there, and it doesn't even have to be from Canada, if you're a tourist from anywhere in the United States, and it's 120 degrees Fahrenheit, and you're telling me I could walk up and spend $20 to go sit in that air-conditioned building for four hours? Yeah, I think they would sell a lot of tickets that way, too. Yeah, absolutely. I think Major League Baseball, you, you would have a baseball stadium, a hockey arena, and a football stadium within blocks of each other. Like this is, this is insane. Las Vegas doesn't just have to look at Oakland though. I mean, you could really piss off Oakland sports fans by taking the A's as well. You already took the Raiders and sorry, this isn't like that when they move to LA, they're not coming back. That billion plus dollar stadium means they're not coming back to Oakland. I'm sorry. The Golden State Warriors have moved from Oakland to San Francisco and now the A's want to go out. I think if you do get the A's in Las Vegas, you can count out tourism from Oakland forever, if from sports fans. Uh, and your betting books are always going to be against whoever they're playing. You also have the option of Tampa Bay, which would be great to get them on the AL East for our Blue Jays. But Tampa Bay is also in a situation where their stadium is not up to snuff and they're looking like they're talking about going back to Montreal who you want to talk about stadiums, not up to snuff. The Olympic park, their Olympic stadium is not anything to write home about, but they're looking to go. So if you're a rich, you know, developer, business person, you got tons of money and, and you're bored, you could grab one of two current major league teams, both of which are pretty good right now, put them in Las Vegas and just start counting the money. So I, I think baseball is going to be there sooner than we think. Is baseball the next one to get there? Do you think? I think it has it, a better it, chance. It seems to me that with the Oakland situation, there is a team very, very ready to move. So I, I got to believe your idea of them playing at a, the AAA facility until a new uh, stadium is built is actually quite viable the team's probably willing to lose money for a couple of years in Las Vegas, knowing they'll probably have a license to print money in the very near future. So yeah. I, I would agree that I think baseball is a no brainer to end up in Las Vegas. NBA, there's already a building there. Absolutely. That they can play in. So I think for that reason, I think you'll see the NBA there first because there is a, a, a major league facility already there. And I don't know if the owners of the golden Knights would be the ones who would do it. Maybe they might be worried that they're going to detract from some of their, the, the hockey fans, but are you going to double up and, and get the NBA fans at both? Maybe I, I don't know if that same ownership group would do it, but it's very intriguing 
to them to have another 40 nights a year of a full building. You double your income on that because that was the one big thing when I was reading about some of this, you mentioned it already football, what 10 home games throughout the entire season with preseason, right? You're not getting a lot of games through the NFL season. So you're going to make money because it costs so damn much. NHL 41. Uh, The rest of the leagues, you're going to get it. Baseball is the moneymaker, right? You're getting 81 home regular season games. Yeah. If you bring, if you're the Golden Knights ownership and you get an NBA franchise, that you're doubling your income at that arena every year, just in ticket sales, right? So the problem is the NBA right now is sitting at a healthy 30 teams. Expansion would require most likely two teams to even everything out, right? We've seen the NHL sit on that number of 30, then 31, now we went to 32. They're having the even te- even number of teams makes it that much easier for scheduling and everything else. So let's say expansion is off the board right now. You have unlimited cash. And you're going to put an NBA franchise in Las Vegas. Whose door are you knocking on to uh, buy their team, or at least the majority of ownership, to bring to Las Vegas? It's got to be Sacramento. Yeah. It's, it's got to be Sacramento. That was my first choice. That's a team that it's not a sexy team. Let's, let's be honest. Like they had their years. They had the, what was the, um, against Shaq and Kobe in the, in the two thousands in the Western conference final, they had their time. It's, it's just not a, it's not the Chris Weber years. Yeah. The Chris Weber years. It's, but they haven't really done much since it's Sacramento, maybe Memphis, maybe. I don't know that the NBA is be, be too keen on moving the Grizzlies for a second time. And if they are, they're going back to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. I've, I'm on board with that. There's not a lot of other, the, the Pelicans in new Orleans, maybe the, I don't know, Charlotte. Does the NBA really want to, bow out of Charlotte for a second time. I, I don't know on that one. Well, I'm, I'm kind of looking at the, the standings here. Charlotte was a 10th place team. They got to play in that fancy little play in. I'm looking at Minnesota. Yeah. Since Kevin Carnett, what have they had? They had Andrew Wiggins who did nothing and they've already dealt him. They, they were 23 and 49. They haven't been a good team in forever. So if you go to Minnesota ownership, throw down a bag full of money because you're not going to get Houston. Houston was horrible last year. Houston's not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Oklahoma city, not going anywhere. Sacramento, Minnesota, good chance. New Orleans, it's a fairly new franchise, but could you move them? San Antonio's not going anywhere. Golden State, Memphis, LA, Portland, Dallas. Like the other teams just aren't moving. So you got to look at the teams that have been a bottom feeder for the last few years. Even in the East, though, like you're, I'm not looking at a lot of teams that are relocation candidates. So 
if you are Vegas and you can't get a team to relocate, you got to go in there and throw in a bag full of money at the NBA for expansion. If their fee is $700 million, you give them $1.4 billion. Yeah. <laughs> you make it very clear you want to be that 31st franchise or you give them 1.4 and you buy two teams and you locate it somewhere else. One out East, one out West. You make it even. In Vancouver. Yeah. there. You, no, no, no. That's two West teams. But you do whatever it takes to get that franchise. And I think the money is there, right? You could get enough casino owners together to make an ownership group that would be able to throw the money that the NBA wants to expand at. Because I think the NBA seeing what the NHL's got going, damn, we're missing out. So I think it's uh, it's going to happen. I think baseball has a better chance first. But to the point that you brought up, there's already an arena there that they can play out of right now. Yeah. You could be a year and a half, two years. I, I would say not next season, but the season after you'd be in the league. Yeah. And I think the own, the rest of the owners around the league would just be drooling at the amount of money that they could ask for and get to have a franchise there. Cause that's where the expansion money goes to is to the other yeah. teams. So if, if you're one of those leagues, actually, sorry to cut you off. You just brought up a really good point. They're not going relocation, expansion all the way because those owners know how much money that franchise, NBA, Major League Baseball, hell, even Major League Soccer, they know how much money that franchise is worth. There is, I don't see where they relocate because just like the NHL kind of had looked at the expansion money. I don't see a relocation. There's too much money to be lost in relocation for the upfront for the league. So I think it would be expansion unless Oakland, the, the athletics really want out. Yeah. That's the only one, but that is where he said it's a license to print money. Having a major league baseball team in Las Vegas, like that it's America's pastime in America's playground. Like that is just a license for money. I cannot see major league baseball relocating a team there when with the expansion fees they could get. It just, it's too much lost revenue. Okay. But here's the thing. Seattle Kraken just paid what? 700, $600 million for yeah. an NHL franchise. The NHL franchises are valued a lot lower than NBA and, uh, and MLB teams. So if you are an ownership group in uh, Vegas, and I got the numbers here, the Oakland A's are valued at $1.13 billion. If you offer the Oakland A's ownership $750 million for 51% ownership, do you take it? Because I bet the league would say no. Because they or the rest of them don't get their money. Yep. The league would say no to that. The league would want expansion. Cause they could go and say the Oakland athletics are worth a billion dollars. So they could go and say, okay, billion dollars. That's yeah. the expansion fee. So 32 teams sharing a billion dollar franchise fee 
would get him $31.25 million. That's, that's about a little more than what the Phillies are playing, paying Bryce Harper to miss the all-star game three years in a row. Um, I don't know. I think is it, it could be your, it's your option A though. If you strike out and the yeah. league says no, then you yeah. go to expansion because the Sacramento Kings are worth 1.075. Now that's disgusting. If I'm not even going to try and say his name and I apologize because I'm going to butcher it. So I'm just not going to say it. <clears throat> If the Sacramento Kings ownership decides to sell and this Vegas ownership group, who we are imagining, goes, we're going to give you one and a half billion dollars. It's his right to say, yeah, I'll sell the team. Yep. Right? The NBA shouldn't be able to say, no, you it's like can't. The, the Maloof family? No, it's uh, Vivek Ranadiv. Sure. Yeah. I, I apologize because I probably really really destroyed your name um so they're valued at a billion dollars just over 1.075 so the nba could put up if it seemed like a shady deal where he's selling them for 300 million right like depending on who it is if if you had some shady people going in they could say no but really it's up to the sacramento kings now they could put in a relocation fee that the league like I don't know if the league charges to move a team. I believe they have to. So the league's still going to get some money. Yeah, $1 billion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to, come on, if some of these guys, that's not a lot. Like, if you had enough people together in that, they can make it work. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of options for Vegas to become the ultimate sports city. city that it'll happen within, I would say, five years. I think At the latest. Is, I'm going to be a little more, give it a little bit more time because I think baseball's at least five years away from being there. I'm going to say 10 years. I think in the next decade, Las Vegas will be the number one sports city in the United States. And that says a lot when you're talking about Los Angeles, New York City, Chicago. Chicago's got two major league baseball teams. These cities are also a lot bigger population bases. But I think when you talk straight up profitability from a city for sports teams on a per capita basis, I think Las Vegas will clearly be the most profitable city to own a sports team. In. It's not just, it's the fan experience too. Yep. So here's the, I think this is where we kind of may finish off with this part. Las Vegas has NHL. They have NFL. They have NLL. If they get an MLS team, they get a major league baseball team. They get an NBA franchise. Imagine the sports package you can do. I'm pretty sure they have an F1 race that goes through there. I don't follow F1, so I'm guessing at it. But either way, they have, you know, NASCAR too. All that. They have it. Does it make it more family friendly? I don't know. Do they want it for, to be more family for friendly? A t- for a tourist destination, could you, as a family, plan a trip around a sports season and go to Vegas and have something to do other than the M&M factory or store, the Coke one, 
Circus Circus, which uh, um, I don't know. I, it may have a little more appeal. Problem is, for the parents at night, you're stuck in the hotel room. Yeah, it's like you got your kids. Those, those parents aren't bringing their kids. Those parents are going because it's like, yeah, we can catch a, a hockey game, an NBA game, and a major league baseball game, and then hang out on the strip until 3 a.m. in the morning. That's like an ultimate bachelor weekend. If you had- That's an ultimate girls sports weekend. Like, these people ain't bringing their kids to go on these sports trips. It's you stay with grandma and grandpa for the week. We're going to Vegas for four nights. I think the opportunity is absolutely endless in a city like that because there's already the natural draw. People yeah. want to go there now as it is. You add sports, which is such a, an industry and the ability to do sports betting Literally, I'm going to walk to the stadium and on the way, I am going to drop bets at the local casino. The, the possibilities are just un, un, like, never ending. Amazing. I can't remember. I can't remember who uh, posted it, but it was a pool. One of the Las Vegas casinos, maybe on the old strip, had a football field sized pool and up on this like huge huge bigger than a movie theater screen they had sports it was a, it was an outdoor pool sports bar betting bar and you went you placed your bets you sat in the pool you got shit faced and you you lost all your money <laughs> but like that's the kind of experience you can have there yeah i think i think if you had a built-in babysitter that could watch the kids overnight while you got hammered uh, till 3 a.m. and did the adult type things, go to a show, whatever, uh, go see Carrot Top for the fourth time. Um, I think you could get a little more family friendly. You wouldn't have to worry so much about uh, the little advertisements that get handed out on the street. It could be uh, athlete playing <laughs> cards from now on. No, I I just think it's, it's going to become the hotbed and I don't think we're that far away. I think the NHL were pioneers in this. Good on them. It is going to become one of the meccas in the United States for sports. And you guys heard it here first. And we are always right on the Bleacher Connection. Las Vegas is the next North American sports mecca. Take it to the casino. I just remember at the BleacherCon one, we'll cover your casino losses. <laughs> well, there you have it. We'd love to hear from you guys and your thoughts on Las Vegas. Is it the next sports mecca or is it going to become oversaturated? Reach out to us on Twitter at the BleacherCon1 and at the BleacherCon2. All right. Well, that's the show for the week. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone.